Welcome to The Breakthrough Hour with Pastor Camille McKenzie. Arise to your dominion. Don't it tarry. It shall speak. Who am I speaking to? Pastor Camille McKenzie is a powerful woman of God who was anointed and appointed to execute the spiritual mandate. You must win. She operates in the five-fold ministry to bring deliverance by the power of the Holy Ghost to a lost world. But I come to prophesy to somebody and let you know that Jehovah has the final say. This is your breakthrough hour. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. Please turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I've made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from our hands? If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. 18 and last. But if not, come on, say that like you mean it. But if not, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. This is the word of God and we say amen. Bow your heads. Father we thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy. Lord I put this place under curfew right now. I curse every unclean spirit. Whether they come by the ear through insect, object, or human beings. Cast down every high thing. For I serve no other God but the true and living God. The El Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh. The mighty God. Yeshua the Messiah. Give your neighbor my sermon title. The trial, the test, the triumph. Speak to somebody else who cares. The trial, the test, the triumph. Come on. The trial, the test, the triumph. You may be seated in the presence of God. 
By way of homiletics, I have three points. Point number one, worship belongs only to the true and living God. Point number two, don't compromise. Point number three, prove God. By way of introduction, we're living in a dispensation in which our faith in Jesus is challenged in every capacity. It's very easy to proclaim Christ when everything is hunky-dory. The children are in order. The finances are good. The work environment is copacetic. The marriage is phenomenal. And our health is perfect. You see, proving God when life is perfect is easy. But what do you do when your faith is challenged? When you are placed in a position to go against what you truly believe. What do you do when you are tested? What do you do when you are forced to choose between God or the devil, but the choice you make might cost you your life? Beloved, it's in this profound mode of testing that we're able to demonstrate the depth of our love for the almighty God. And so before I get into the depth of the message, I want to bring it into contextualization. Allow me to give you a brief synopsis of the book of Daniel. You see, Daniel is the author of the book and his name means God is my judge. He is a contemporary of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and they were taken in exile in Babylon along with the young men at high birth. You see, Daniel was in his late teens when he and his friends was taken to Babylon to serve in Nebuchadnezzar's court. And this was a possibly about 605 BC. And during that time, many deportations took place because many times Israel lost the battle and they became their subjects. But during the period of the events recorded in Daniel, the Babylonian empire reached its height. The decline began and then it fell to the media Persian by the army under Cyrus. And so it brings me to my first point. Worship belongs only to the true and living God. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, 1 to 6, that Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. His height was three score cubits. 
and the breadth thereof was about six cubits. And the Bible said that he set it in the plain of Duran in Babylon. And after he set it in the plain, he told them, he gave them instructions that anytime you hear the sound of music, you must fall down and worship the image. That was the order. But prior to chapter 3, we learned that Daniel and the three Hebrew boys were brought into exile after they were conquered by the Babylonians. You see, there were many people who were deported from Jerusalem and held captive by the cruel Babylonians. The Bible emphatically stated in Daniel 1 that the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring the children of Israel and some of the descendants, uh, the ones that had no blemish, good-looking, gifted, filled with wisdom and knowledge. He ordered them that they should be given a special diet. He wanted to transform these three Hebrew boys. He went as far, beloved, as changing their names. Because Daniel's name meant God is my judge. And they changed his name to Belshazzar. And then Michelle, whose name means who is like God, his name was changed to Shadrach. Hananiah, whose name meant Yahweh is gracious, his name was changed to Abednego. You see, we must understand what was happening here. He wanted to alter their environment. He wanted to alter their minds. He wanted them to pledge allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar and not to the almighty God. And so we see him trying to change these boys from what God had designed them to be into something else that they are not. Isn't that interesting? And now we see that God now, what we need to understand is that when, when God ordain you for something, when you are designed with a purpose, when there is a functionality placed on your life, when, you, when God now brings you into the earth to do something, there's always an enemy trying to change what God has already 
predestined. And so the enemy wanted to change these boys into something that they are not. Oh, good God of grace. He didn't just want to change them, but he is requiring for them to worship. And I cannot tell you that when power gets into the wrong hand, it can create a catastrophe. Because you see, Nebuchadnezzar thought that he was above God. And it's not just Nebuchadnezzar, but we've seen many politicians over the ages. There's an example I, I took in 1936 when Herbaldor von Schirach, he was the head of a youth Nazi program. He says, and I quote, if we act as true Germans, we act according to the laws of God. Whoever serves Adolf Hitler, serves Germany, and whoever serves Germany, serve God. There's another example in 1960, when the president of Ghana had a slightly larger than life-sized statue of himself. And he erected it in front of the national parliament. In the inscription it says, seek ye first the political kingdom, and all other things shall be added unto you. You see, whenever persons come into power, many times it's as if there is a desire for worship. And instead of placing the desire on worshiping God, there's a desire to worship things. You see, in the, in, the, in, the, in the onset of the message in Daniel chapter 3, these boys were put into a situation where their backs were against the wall. They are placed into an environment that was not conducive for the worship of the God that they serve. They're placed into an environment where idolatry was prevalent. Worshipping statues and image was the order of the day. The other neighboring cities and kings, that's all they do, worship things. They were idolatry. Idolaters, there were idol worshippers, and this is what they promote. But wouldn't it be suffice to say that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel must have had an encounter with God at some point in their life to know that. God alone must be worshipped. I must let you know that these boys were teenagers. They were not old. They were not past 30. They were not past 40. But here these boys said, you know what? We have come into the kingdom and it's against our will. But we are not going.
going to allow what is around us to pollute us. We're not going to allow those around us to pollute us. We are not going to allow those who speak against us to mess us up. We're not going to allow the spirits that is in operation to control us. We are not going to allow the enemy to get the best of us. We are not going to allow Lucifer. Oh, good God of grace. But these voices, oh, long time ago, I've heard about my forefathers. And I know that they were in the desert. Oh, good God of grace. They were wandering. But even though they were wandering, good God of grace, God provided for them. He provided manna for them. Oh, good God. It's the same God that my forefather worshiped. And yes, they were caught in the Red Sea. Pharaoh was behind them. But even so, he parted the Red Sea. Could it mean that these boys must have heard of Abraham? How God bless him. God got a grace. Maybe they heard of when God had to send the angel to kill the Assyrian army when they came up against them. Who am I talking to? And so these boys, they were in the port they were in a place of a squeeze Satan was on every side trouble was on every side but these boys were resolved to know that the only thing we can do in such a state is to worship we gotta worship we must not give our allegiance to any other God. When I hear the worship idols, these boys were resolved and they say, I'm a worship. Nothing is gonna defile my worship. Who am I talking to? These boys understood that they cannot give allegiance to anything else but the almighty God. For anything you give allegiance to, good God of grace, make sure it can help you in your time of trouble. But I hear David says, I will bless the Lord all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth you see some of you got to understand that we worship God in spirit and in truth and no matter where we find ourselves the worship must be given to the almighty God for the four and twenty elders they sit around the throne and they say worthy 
worthy, worthy is the lamb. I will extol your goat. I'ma praise you goat. Nothing is gonna come in between me and God. No matter what it looks like. Guess what? We are not going to compromise. We're not going to compromise. You see, the demand that all come to the dedication ceremony. That's what he says, you know. Everyone must come to this ceremony. And anytime they hear the sound, they must just drop what they're doing, bow down. Anytime they hear the sound, drop what they're doing, bow down. Right? Come to the ceremony. This is the order. I am King Nebuchadnezzar. But if you go back and read Daniel carefully, these Chaldeans were jealous of Daniel from the onset. You know why? The Bible said there was an excellent spirit in him. And so when Daniel came on the scene, go back and read your Bible. The king dreamt, and when he dreamt, he couldn't remember the dream, but he needed somebody to tell him the dream and the interpretation. No one in the kingdom could have done it. No astrologer, no wise men, nobody. And the king says, if you can't interpret it, I'm going to kill you. But the same Daniel says, listen, give me some time with my God. I'm going to come back with the dream and the interpretation. I don't know who you serve, but the God that I serve is a revealer of secrets. And because Daniel gave the interpretation, it saved them. But they forgot the kindness. You'll be kind to certain people, but as soon as they rise, God help you. <laughs> so when they got the time off, they said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him down. But listen, they don't want to take him down because he's wicked. It's not because he's wicked, because all he did was pray and seek God. And he wasn't doing them anything. And sometimes you're in church. People will want to take you down. Not because you're wicked. We have approached a dispensation. Where men are despisers of them that are good. Tell me that I'm alright and I'm your friend. 
But if I tell you just like it is, I become your enemy. But the devil is a liar. Don't be truthful and tell me like it is. I'm your friend. But if I can master the art of hypocrisy. They forgot that the same Daniel just saved their life. Sometimes you help the same people you help are the same people that's coming to take you down. Because right there and then, he helped them. But they wanted to plot to bring him down. They said, okay, we know that he loves his God. And because he loves his God, the only way you can take him down is about something that has to do with his God. So they, they reasoned with the king and said, listen, you have to set this up that they got to bow down and worship. They know that Daniel and the three boys ain't going to worship their image. They already know. But they wanted to take him out because the Bible says he had an excellent spirit. This was somebody who prayed three times a day. This was somebody who loved God. That's why when we get to Daniel chapter 1, he says, I don't want the king's food and the king's deity. I got my own diet. And the, king, the man said to him, if I do this and anything gets wrong with you, I'm in trouble. He said, no, 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 don't worry. And even though he never ate the king's food, he came out better than them. Oh, good God, he was wiser than them. Sometimes we don't understand what we have. We're running after the devil's kingdom and don't know that what's in the kingdom of God, it is carbocetic. It is gravy. Everything that we need is in the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. If you just learn to master the art of an excellent spirit, let them talk about you. Let them crucify you. Let them bring you to the gallows. Let them continue to speak negative. Let them continue to put you down. Let them continue to beat upon you. Let them continue to walk all over you. Oh, good God of grace. But you must continue to keep your eyes on the prize. His excellent spirit caused him to come into promotion. In the midst of the Babylonians, he outshined everybody else because of the spirit of God that was in him. He was a cut above the rest. 
Because he was resolved. Sometimes you are put in a position and some of you are afraid of people. And you'd rather be a people pleaser than a God pleaser. And there are people who will gang up on you. But you must not be afraid to do what God called you to do. They gang up on them. They were outnumbered. But you know what they did? They purpose in their heart that I'm going to keep the connection with God. Sometimes when we are under pressure, we like to bow to people because we're afraid. You must say, not afraid. Not afraid. Yahweh ministries, you must say, not afraid. Like Esther, you must say, if I perish, let me perish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever bids the tides, God will take care of you. But you got to know that you can't compromise. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But you got to know the God that you serve. This boy says, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. When God called us as children of God, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. But spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Sometimes you got to do it alone. Praise God for the people with lots of vacative. I've been tested so many times that I know, Pastor, sometimes you're going to have to go it alone. That's it. That's my reality. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because if God has ordained for you to do something, you got to do what God called you to do. You cannot compromise. You know what's wrong with the church? Let me talk a little bit. The other day I was saying, if we understood what we are blessed with, we would have been more advanced. Yeah. Because if you get to understand how God's function in his kingdom and understand kingdom principle. But you know what we do? We allow offense, simple things to throw us out of kilter. And God says, focus. Focus. He said, he said, be sober and be vigilant for your Adversary is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
And so you can't listen to naysayers. Who didn't like you? Who didn't do this? Who said this? Who said that? That's for babes. Mature people in church will know how to what? Keep on moving. If you just saved yesterday, I, I understand. One year ago, I understand. Two years, I can see. But we must come to a place where we understand that no matter what happened, we must not compromise. We are heading into one of the darkest period in the history of time. And the church is not focused. But I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, to drop your weapons and flee. Because we're not going to bow we're not gonna bow it might be hard it might be discouraging or there are some times when we feel like giving up but we are gonna take our licking and keep on ticking i speak to this body get up from under your juniper tree get up but keep your eyes on the prize for the kingdom suffer violence but the violence must take it by force God will only use a soldier that he can trust keep on the fiery line I dare you not to cut the corners I dare you not to come down for righteousness exalts the nation but sin is a reproach unto any people for God says I am holy so be ye holy I call this church to a higher standard that says no matter what I'm not gonna bow you boyfriend we're not going to bed you gotta put a ring on it I'm not gonna bow I'm not gonna cut the corners for God I live for God I die for God I live for God I live for God I live for God I live yeah 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 it might be hard but I'm gonna press my way through it it might be difficult but I feel like pressing Paul said trouble on every side persecuted but not abandoned crushed but not destroyed I'm gonna press my way to it if I gotta lay down and cry I'm gonna lay down and cry because you know what I know my God is gonna deliver me I may not know when I may not know how but he's an on time somebody say on time somebody say on time he's an on time God gotta learn to prove 
God. The Bible said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, we are not careful to answer you in the matter. Because by this time, he gave them a second chance. He says, when you hear it, bow. I'm giving you a second chance. Maybe they'll lie on you. But I want to see for myself, if after I've made this command, you're not going to bow. I want you to know that Nebuchadnezzar was one of the wickedest king that ever lived. They had all the reason to be afraid of him. You know why? His leadership began at the age of 25. It was said that he and the Scythian conquered the neighboring cities. The Scythians were barbaric, heartless men. But when Nebuchadnezzar controlled them, uh, he used natural wickedness. The Scythians were so wicked that when they caught their enemies, they would tie them to a, uh, what you call a chariot. And they will run the chariot in many di directions and rip them apart. Wicked! Have you ever met wicked people? Wicked! They use force and tyranny and all different kind of tactics to bring you down. But these boys says, I don't care who you rip in four pieces, but I ain't bowing. I'm not going to bow. But you see, people like when others get afraid and run away. But the person who stand up sometimes... The person can feel that, mm, who, are, who are you to stand up? Who are you to stand up to me? Do you know who I am? In this dispensation, people use all different tactics to scare you. Oh, yeah. And when some people can't scare you, they get companies too. A whole heap of company. So if you're going to lead and you know God, you better know God for yourself. Because when they come to scare you, you better know who your God is. So he can take them down. These boys says, Nebuchadnezzar, I know you rip men in pieces. I know you're naturally wicked. It's in your DNA. But guess what? I'm not bowing. He couldn't believe it. They said, no, we're not bowing. You know what he did? He says, okay, since you're not going to bow, we are going to heat the fire 15 times hotter. Whenever you perform cremation, the fire is heated at 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, I want you to heat it 10 
thousand degrees. Put them in hosiery and turn up the fire. Throw them in. Isn't that what our enemies does with us? When one thing don't work, many will do all different kind of things. People will go to the opium man. People will start speaking. Uh, it's sending voodoo. And when voodoo don't work, incantation and, and speech and all manner of evil. People will send to you because they want to see you fall. Oh, good God of grace. Oh, where, who am I talking to? Because sometimes you're just about your own business. But there's so many people that don't. Don't like you for whatever reason sometimes you don't even know them but they just don't like you you didn't do them nothing but they don't like you you didn't trouble them but they don't like you you try to do all you can but they still don't like you you try to reason with them but they don't like you they just don't like you and people will go at length to destroy you they will go at length to destroy your children at length to destroy your family but Yahweh ministries let them turn up the fire because the hotter the fire the sweeter the victory the fire will burn but it's not gonna burn you oh good God of grace but the God we serve wants us to be fearless even in the midst of adversary. So I dear this church, whatever is happening to you, don't be afraid. diet change their names now wanting to throw them in the fire but I like the way these boys answer they say yes if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. We are resolved that the God we serve can deliver us. No matter where we find ourselves, he can deliver us. He can deliver you from the sickness. The financial woes. The health. But he says, but if not. This is the part that church don't like. If not. 
Because when we pray, we must get an answer. If we don't get the answer, our countenance change. If we fast and God doesn't come true. Some people will give up on God based on what God has done for them. I'm not impressed with people who get excited at praise and worship time because life is good for them. I get excited for the people who know that next month I can't pay my mortgage and my house is falling apart, but I'm going to give God the biggest praise that I have because it's not because everything is good but because I know that God is to be worshipped in spite of what I fail in spite of what I face he says if God if not, the fire is waiting at 10,000 degrees. It won't take long for me to swinge. But you know the problem with the church? We don't have warriors like that. The boy says, okay, the fire is ready to swinge me. But if not, I know I'm gonna die. But if not, I wasn't healed from the cancer. Because many of us are serve a wrong doctrine. But if not, If you don't come true, you are still God. And even so, I'm still not going to bow. You think I'm going to bow because he's going to come and deliver me? You got it wrong. You see, the church needs some warriors. That says, if not if it doesn't happen I'm still gonna stand for the God Almighty if it doesn't happen I'm still gonna stand in my position even if it doesn't happen even if I gotta lose it I'm still gonna stand in my position even if he don't come true he is still God and if he allow it he allow it for a reason. Some of you need to stop moping and say, if not, oh God, God of grace, even if he don't come true, God need a church that is an if not church, an if not kind of people. The church need to move from that dimension to an if not.
not. Can you imagine how God was moved to hear that they say, even if God doesn't come true. If not. If not. If not. If not. If not. What do you have in your life that you can say, if not? If not. If not. If not. But notice what God says. Even so, they said, I'm not going to bow. Turn up the fire. Put on the hosiery. Put on the toque. Put me in the sweater. Turn up the degree. I'm ready to go in. I'm ready to go in. I'm ready. If this is my portion, then I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And, and the question is, could it mean that God is testing to see what is in our heart? Could it mean that he's testing to see if we would compromise or we will go all the way to prove him? boy says, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. I'm here to represent the God. And the God that I represent is the King of Kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. And I know that he is Jehovah. And I know that he never failed a battle yet. And as you are ready to put us in, throw us in and turn up the fire because we know that our God is bigger than your God. We know that our God is able. Oh, good God, he's able. Oh, good God of grace. And I'm not going to be afraid of my situation. I'm not going to be afraid of my calamity. I'm not going to be afraid of what I'm going through. I'm not going to be afraid of this crisis. I'm not going to be afraid, but I'm resolute. I, I know that I am an overcomer. Oh, good God of grace, and this too shall pass. Oh, good God of grace, for I know that my Redeemer lives. Oh, good God of grace, I know that he's gracious. I know who he is, and I'm not going to bow. Oh, good God of grace, oh, like root. Oh, good God, entreat me not to leave you nor return from following after you. But whether you go, I'm gonna go. Good God of grace, whatever you design for me, God, I know it's for me. I'm not gonna leave you, no matter how it hurts. But God, I surrender.
I surrender unto thee. I freely give. Throw me in the fire. But this is my resolve because I know that victory belongs to Jesus. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind for victory. For victory, victory is mine. And these Egyptians that you see, you will see them no more. Oh, good God of grace. Oh, good God of grace. For I know he's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. And that's why in the midst of the fire, Jesus showed up. Good God of grace, Jesus showed up in the midst of the fire. And the Bible said that they were not burned. Their hearts weren't burned. They didn't smell like smoke because Jesus came in the fire with them. Yahweh ministries, you're in your fire, but God is in the fire with you. And if God is in the fire, you cannot be burned. It can't mess with you. It can't kill you. It's designed to kill you. But you're going to overcome. Where am I overcome? I want you to say, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to overcome. Somebody need to stand on their feet and say, I'm going to overcome. The victory is mine. The deliverance is mine. The breakthrough is mine. It's mine. It's my time. You turn it up and you turn it up hotter. But I'm overcoming. It's my set timing. And my timing is in your end. Come on, somebody. Speak it over your life. Speak the things that are not as though they were. I come by to tell you that Jesus is in your vessel. And if Christ is in your vessel, he will smile at the storm. Somebody need to say, He's with me, and if he's with me, I can't fail. Somebody need to speak it. You need to speak it. You need to speak it. And said, yes, yes, Jesus is with me. He's in the fire with me. He never leave me. He's right there in the fire with me. It's designed to kill me, but it can't kill me. It's designed to take me out, but it's not going to take me out. It can't mess me up. Yes! So 
somebody needs to shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. And say, I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. In the midst of my storm, I got the victory. Come on, speak it. Speak it, Yahweh. Speak it. Speak it. Right there in the midst. Say, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I went to the enemy's camp. And I take back everything that has been taken from me. Yes, it's mine. It's mine. I'm not afraid for Jesus is with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeshua, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the conquering lion from the tribe of Judah is with me. He never fell. He walked on the water, raised up Jairus' daughter, brought Lazarus from the dead went into hell disarm principalities and powers that's my king my king is with me and if my king is with me i know the outcome somebody call on your king call on your king call on your king call on your king that's my king. Nero couldn't crush him. The grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't keep him. That's my king. He rose from the dead. Burst through the tombs. Mash up the shackles. Take the shackles off my feet. That I can dance. Because that's my king. I said, that's my king, not only any king, but the king of kings. We want to say a big thank you to all our ministry partners all over the world. We're winning souls for Jesus because of your generous support. To partner with us by email money transfer, Toronto at gmail.com and password is Jesus by PayPal, Yowie Ministries Toronto at gmail.com. By check to Yowie Ministries Toronto, 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, M3J 2E5, Toronto, Canada. Worship with us at Yowie Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, 
Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. Time, 11 a.m. prompt. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at these handles for our more life-transforming materials. If you need a word of prayer right now, please call plus one six four seven eight eight two nine seven zero eight, and we will be happy to pray with you. Yahweh Ministries Toronto, transforming lives for the kingdom of God. <laughs>